This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. Are you drinking up? First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new episode of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. My safe word is keep going. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Positivity Wolfie T. I can't talk too long. I got to poo. What's up? Yo, what's up with you? Hey. Hey. Yo. <laughs> Getting through it. Counting down the days to the end of the year. Yeah. Got some time off coming up. Well deserved. Do you have all your Christmas shopping done? Um, I guess my nieces just wanted cash, so I just got <laughs> sent some cash to my brother on Zell, and then uh, I guess he'll distribute it. Okay. <laughs> so he's not uh, coming this year, right? He was just down here in November. He came in for the uh, AEW pay per view, <laughs> and then uh, him and the girls came in July. So um, they've been here. A few times this yeah. year, but but they're not coming for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually a ball of America today. Oh, it's been a while since I've been there. <laughs> did you get your turbo van? I did not. I did I did walk by the Legoland though. So there's no Walmart in uh in the Mall of America, <laughs> so you can't get the exclusive Walmart That's turbo right. man. I bet you Zolly could hook us up we went to cedar cliff collectibles <laughs> i already got one it's been, it's been snuggled up. i got one months ago it's snuggled safely under my tree <laughs> <laughs> when you shake it it says something right is that it's still in the box i didn't even take it out of the box <laughs> it's, it's it's not about the actual turbo man it's the idea of getting the, <laughs> the doll in the box uh, did you get a booster? No, I don't even know if they're selling booster. <laughs> Plus, nobody likes booster. I hear it's very hard to get an appointment for a booster. Oh, boy. I heard uh, all the late night shows are doing uh, music videos about getting boosters. <laughs> <laughs> booster shots, huh? Yeah, they, sh- they should have incorporated a jingle all the way tie-in with the booster character. <laughs> Arnold, I mean, Arnold's pretty pro vaccine and pro booster. He'd do it. That would have backfired. <laughs> I've seen that clip on Twitter when they kick booster off the float and all the little kids start beating him up. And one of them calls him a F slur. <laughs> <laughs> I'm positive. So, I'm positive when they called the F word. <laughs> is that a, you just got to turn it up a little bit or what? I think so. It's like, uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot of little kids talking at once. So then it's like, I hate you, Booster. You're faggot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like a bunch of little kids. Our, I guess it'd have to be after when Arnold says, "We don't want Booster." Yeah, it's 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 at the parade. Okay, it's uh, <laughs> it's when uh, Myron gets on the float as uh what's his dementor or whatever his name is with the big brain and uh the guy in the booster suits like what are you doing and 
He goes, nobody likes you, Booster. And he just boots him in the chest. (laughs) (laughs) And then all the little kids come and start beating him up. (laughs) Just insulting him. Uh, I have not revisited the Minnesota Classic Jingle All the Way yet this year. But there's still plenty of time before Christmas. I haven't watched it this year yet either, but it's it's so memorable. There's so many memorable scenes. I tried to take the wife to Mickey's Diner uh, last week. They are closed. They've been closed so many times. I can't. I can never remember if they're open or not. Because I went to like uh, Apple or Google Maps, and it said their hours were 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Yeah, it's like perfect. <laughs> Had the day or no, it was a Saturday. Drove down there and <laughs> the lights were on, but nobody was there. And there was a big heavy chain <laughs> around the front door. <laughs> but I went to their website and it said they're going to try and reopen in spring 2022. Okay. I think they've changed ownership quite a few times. And I think they've even like moved locations a few times, like moved because it's a. Uh what is like a trolley car or something i don't even know yeah it's an old rail car yeah so they can just like pick it up and move it from one spot to another apparently because i'm i'm pretty sure they've moved locations between minneapolis and st paul a few times uh i don't think they've moved that car at least for the past 20 30 years because there are like one or two other mickey's locations oh that must be what i'm thinking of yeah they're not dining cars but they are kind of a unique diner. I see. Well, did you hit up KQRS up there on Wabashaw? Yeah, I did not. (laughs) Should (laughs) have. Went to uh, another restaurant in St. Paul. But uh, yeah, at least it's not close for good. I guess uh, the COVID and them kind of having to shut down uh, was kind of good in a way that they were able to do some much needed renovations right was so, uh was charlie uh, conway working is that his name from mighty ducks <laughs> yeah charlie conway <laughs> no he wasn't working uh kevin klein wasn't there from you know prairie home companion because he narrates the, the film from mickey's diner because there's the three mighty ducks movies prairie home companion and jingle all the way i don't think it's in any other films just those five. Yeah, I'm not sure. I bet you it is, but maybe just the exterior. Yeah. And speaking of Minnesota locations for filming, you know, at Mall of America, of course, you get the, the jingle all the way flashbacks. <laughs> but uh, my niece was singing uh, in a choir. It was like a choir performance today at the Rotunda. Oh, yeah. And then I, as I was watching, I couldn't help but think. That you know, wow, this is the place where Viva Le Bam peaked. This is where it all happened. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say this is where Lex Luger walked out on that very first WCW Monday Nitro and shocked everybody because he had just left the WWF and <laughs> nobody expected him to show up on WCW. <laughs> then he walked by the former location of Postamania where Hulk Hogan <laughs> did a promo while also <laughs> Also hyping up his pasta fast food restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Those of you clamoring for more pasta mania discussion, there's plenty of it in our jingle all the way episode. 
Oh my god. The jingle all the way up soon is still one of the favorite ones that we've done. One of yeah. my favorite ones that I've done that we've done together. And we had so much fun on that. It was a good one. I listened back to it like a year or two afterward and I totally forgot that I went a hundred percent all in on my theory that Jamie was autistic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll tie into my uh, review of Punisher Warzone later. That's why he's such a terrible child. <laughs> he can't help it. So yeah, I think the rotundas were Viva La Bam peaked. Remember that episode? Not really. I, I didn't watch it that much. I, I I I would catch that from time to time, but I don't remember that specifically. Bam did a, a skate demo in the rotunda. They put a, a half pipe in there. And then, uh, like the, him and Ryan Dunn, like the rest of the people on the show, they all just spent a hundred dollars in Mall of America. It was, I don't know, it's really dumb. <laughs> Did you go to the uh, the store that sells the I Heart Mall of America T-shirts? Uh, I was actually in one of the Mall of America stores, so I'm guessing so. They did have a really cool shirt that I saw. It was an Abbey Road recreation. Mm-hmm. It was all Minnesota characters. It was like Paul Bunyan, uh, Pillsbury Doughboy, uh, Pop and Fresh. The, yeah, Pop and Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Call him by his name. Say his name. <laughs> <laughs> it's Minneapolis. Say his name. Uh, let's see. The Gopher, it's the state Gopher. It's like the you know like Gold, the logo of the fair. Goldie. Oh, not the university like that. He's wearing like the, you know, the suit, mm-hmm. and the hat from like the sixties. Striped. The carnival barker. Is it striped? Yeah. And then there was another character. I forget who, but it was a pretty cool shirt. I almost bought it. It's thirty it's bucks. Probably, probably used to be the Lando Lakes Butter Indian, but they canceled <laughs> her. <laughs> we can't have any minorities on our products ever again. <laughs> it's degrading. <laughs> all right enough reminiscing let's get down to it what did you see Clarice? what did you see i completed the movie challenge for punisher Warzone this week so you will go first sure i'll start with 2021's nightmare alley directed by guillermo del toro starring bradley cooper Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette. I mean, are you excited? It's a Tony Collette movie. We love Tony oh, Collette movies. Can't wait. She should get it every Oscar for every performance just to make up for hereditary. Uh, <laughs> Willem Dafoe, uh, Richard Jenkins, Rooney Mara, Ron Perlman, Mary Steenburgen, David Strathairn, uh, Mark. Pavanelli, Peter McNeil. And the synopsis is an ambitious carny with a talent for manipulating people with a few well chosen words hooks up with a female psychiatrist who's even more dangerous than he is. It's all spoilery. And uh, I don't think uh, somebody younger than us wrote this because they used the term hooks up with in the uh the sense that it was used in the 90s and not how it means now where it exclusively means to have sex with (laughs) 
Yeah, I really like this movie. You probably, Eric, may may have heard me talk about how I don't generally like Guillermo del Toro movies. Yeah, uh, but this one was really good. I was uh, I was really happy uh, with it. So uh, Bradley Cooper is is basically a, a man on the run who uh, kind of gets himself uh, into the carny crowd. And he, uh, he takes a particular interest in mentalism. And so it was, it was really interesting to see kind of the background, kind of the backstage, uh, behind the scenes, secrets of the carny business, kind of how they do their tricks and set up their uh, um, acts and things like that. Um, and then uh, Bradley Cooper uh, basically uses his skills that he's acquired to get some monetary gain for himself and uh, things kind of go off the rails. So mm. I won't get too much more into it. It's very noirish, but it's very, uh, like I said, the, the subject matter is very interesting. All the performances are great. Um, very interesting characters. Willem Dafoe is great as the, like the the head carney and uh bradley cooper is great just all around a fantastic movie um definitely lived up to the expectations i had for it and maybe even exceeded a little bit so mm. i'm gonna highly recommend nightmare alley wtm soonish 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 now before we move on i think it's time for another installment <laughs> For a segment that we like to call Dick Talk, because I read an article with a headline talking about Bradley Cooper supposedly showing full frontal in Nightmare Alley. Is this true? Can you confirm? Uh, I did not. I did not see that. We 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 didn't see little Bradley. Uh, and, unless it was a, a blink and you miss it, and I missed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the only. There's a scene where he takes a bath, okay, and like, <laughs> like it was, it was basically, it was shot. It was his back from the waist up, and then it cuts to him in the bathtub, and uh, you can see like chest up in the, in the tub, but you can't really see under the water. Mm. And he gets so you just weren't looking close enough, and he gets an underwater handy. <laughs> um but but i did not i did not see any uh any little bradley coopers <laughs> and the rest of the movie is mostly set in winter so it's cold and he's fully clothed through the rest of it mm-hmm. so and i remember you t- you told me that before i went and saw it so i was looking out for it <laughs> and uh i think that bathtub scene is is probably the best bet that i didn't see it okay because yeah the the article was asking about um, how there used to be kind of a saying that if a actress took off her top, she'd be nominated for an Oscar. And uh, now they're wondering if it was going to be true for the their male counterparts. And uh, Bradley Cooper was apparently no exception. But uh, the way you tell it, uh, people looking out for that will be very disappointed. I didn't see it. I don't know. Did they say what scene it was in or just that it's I in didn't, there? I didn't go uh, read the full article. It was just, it was kind of all in the title. Okay. Maybe they're talking about a different movie he did. 
let's see did he do something else this year let's look did mr well i guess licorice pizza maybe he does in licorice pizza possibly that one's not out till christmas around here yeah but the reviewers would see it before us right so i mean that's one that i wouldn't be able to comment on at the moment Mm -hmm. must be licorice pizza then all right well we can have our uh follow-up installment of dick talk once we see licorice pizza once we get eyes on the uh the product i forget who were we even talking about when we had that joke about dick talk it's probably like a year ago now i think that's when you made me watch uh boogie nights okay would be my guess for antichrist (laughs) (laughs) one of the two I think it was Boogie Nights because, like, you were really fascinated at the prosthetic that uh, mm. Marky Mark used. <laughs> you you had really taken an interest in it. <laughs> it was it was a little uncomfortable for me, actually. <laughs> well, it doesn't look real to me. I mean, <laughs> like, I know it's it's fake, you, but they could have made you, it look a little more real. I think you're like I paused it. I went frame by frame. I zoomed in. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, I didn't even look that I think close. you're rewriting history now. <laughs> like, I didn't even look that close. <laughs> but I anyway. seem to remember making the joke like, hey, we'll just have a new segment called Dick Talk. And, we did uh, have quite a few movies where there was male nudity, uh, like, I, I think, around that time. So yeah. it, kept, it kept coming up. And uh, yeah, somebody commented like, I think you mean uh, TikTok. I was like, that was, that was the joke. Yes. <laughs> I know there's a, an app that you can download called TikTok that is all yeah. the rage these days. It's like, no, I, 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 I made a not, rhyme. I did not mean TikTok. <laughs> we were talking about dicks. It was a pun. Nightmare Alley, no dong, but still worth seeing. all right well i'm gonna switch gears here and go all the way back to 1989 i finally saw this 1989 smash hit weekend at bernie's directed by ted kotcheff of first blood and uh wake and fright fame oh wow I was really surprised at the, the opening credits. I'm like, Ted Kotcheff, really? That's interesting. Uh, starring Andrew McCarthy, Jonathan Silverman, Catherine Mary Stewart, Terry Kaiser. He's a uh, Bernie. Don Kelfa, Catherine Parks, Eloise DeHoria, Craig Salata. And Ted Kotcheff even has a little cameo in there. Synopsis. Two losers try to pretend that their murdered employer is really alive, leading the hitman to attempt to track him down to finish him off. So I knew Weekend at Bernie's was a smash hit. It even spawned a sequel, although it was in 93, I think. So it's like four years later. Seems a little late. I've seen the first one. I have not seen the sequel, but I believe the Bernie dance comes from the sequel. Yeah, because apparently Bernie's uh, corpse is reanimated, I think, through voodoo. Yeah, I think there's voodoo in the sequel. 
So these two losers, uh, they work at an insurance company, I believe. And they've stumbled upon like someone basically embezzling $2 million. Bernie's the boss, the head of the company. Mm -hmm. And uh, unbeknownst to them, it's him that's doing it or allowing it. So they like, they bring it to him and uh, you know, to quote unquote, thank them for catching this error, this embezzlement. He invites him out to his, uh, his house in the, in the Hamptons, I believe for the weekend week, hence weekend at Bernie's. Right. Except he's having inviting them out there to kill them, <laughs> to keep them quiet because he has ties to the mob and that's where all this money is going. But uh, the mob, you know, they, they think he's too much of a loose cannon, Bernie. So they, uh, they kill him right before McCarthy and Silverman arrive. But uh, it's such a, a fun time. <laughs> they, uh, and, and sensing that the police would not believe their story, that they just found him like this. Right. There wasn't any witnesses. Uh, they decide to try to keep up the ruse that he's actually still alive. And there's a party too, right? Oh yeah. Like, it's all like one long weekend length party, basically. <laughs> Which Bernie is hosting. Mm-hmm. So people will come and go as they please to their house and everyone else's house in the neighborhood, basically. But uh, yeah, so the hilarity is supposed to ensue. <laughs> Although I was quite disappointed with Weekend at Bernie's, I must say. Uh, the third act I thought was pretty fun, but I think the main problem I had with it is McCarthy and Silverman, the role should have been flipped. So Silverman's playing the straight man and McCarthy's the, the wild card. Mm. And you got to flip that. McCarthy should be the straight man. Silverman, like his comedic talents, however small they may be, uh, they were not allowed to flourish in this movie. They're just wasted. And the McCarthy, like his character is kind of fun, but I'm like, ah, I'm pretty sure Silverman would have been a lot funnier in this role than McCarthy. But yeah, it's just, you know, not very funny. Uh, third act, there's a, some, some good physical comedy, some good sight gags. But I don't think I'm going to be taking the trip to Weekend at Bernie's too. So I will give this a last resort. That's a last resort. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I remember watching it. I'm like, this isn't even funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is this not funny? Like, it's such a, it, it just, it seems like such an easy premise to make, make just jokes and yeah. uh sight gigs and stuff and like they can't pull it off <laughs> yeah they wait until the very end to kind of do a lot of that stuff like where where are the jokes <laughs> <laughs> but this was a comedy Anyways. all right so what else have you seen recently i saw from 2021 west side story Ooh, Ooh. do you know spanish uh very well i took three years in high school so no because i heard that's a prerequisite to see this film that's all the controversy these days people are complaining about it and like i'm watching the movie and like i don't why what's the problem like i don't i didn't have a problem with them not subtitling the spanish parts yeah spielberg did not subtitle the spanish-speaking parts of the film so uh, some people are very angry about that. 
And he also said, what, he, what did he say? He felt, so, uh, felt wrong. Said it was like disrespectful or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't bother me. Most of the time they would translate the, the lines anyways. And uh, the ones they didn't, like, you could get the context clues of what they were saying, you know. And it was short, you know. They didn't have a lot of long lines in Spanish. So it didn't, I don't know, it didn't really bother me. Mm. Um, as you said, directed by Steven Spielberg. It stars Ansel Elgort, uh, Rachel Zegler, Ariana DeBose, or DeBose, maybe. I don't know. David Alvarez, Rita Moreno, Brian Darcy James, Corey Stoll, uh, Mike Faced, Josh Andres Rivera, Iris Menas, David Avales Morales, Sebastian Sarah. Oh, this is just like the whole gang. <laughs> that's that's uh, good enough. Synopsis is an adaptation of the 1957 musical West Side Story explores forbidden love and the rivalry between the Jets and the Sharks, two teenage street gangs of different ethnic backgrounds. So yeah, it's it's West Side Story. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think Jets and the Sharks, did, right? The Jets and the Sharks. Yep. So the Jets are the white gang and the Sharks are Puerto Rican. And uh, the Puerto Ricans have kind of come in to the West Side and kind of displaced some of the the other white people of the neighborhood. And uh, the ones that have been left behind are uh, bitter about it. Also, they're gentrifying. So the government's kicking everybody out anyways. So they're fighting over just like scraps pretty much. And, and, and between all of that, the leader of the jets falls in love with the sister of the leader of the sharks at a high school dance and hilarity ensues, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, sure. I forgot. It's a tragedy. It's, it's, it's basically Romeo and Joliet, you know, so yeah. you kind of know the story based on that. It seemed a little less gay than the, the original. The violence was a little more realistic. <laughs> There's a little more realistic violence. It wasn't just like flailing their arms around real effeminately. <laughs> <laughs> There's some of that. It just seemed like less. <laughs> in that way it's a little less gay in a different way it's a little more gay well i don't know if it counts as gay but there's a there's a character who appears to be a a trans man but in the movie they they kind of point out that they're actually a woman who wants to be a man and wants to join the jets Hmm. um so she's got like a real short guy's haircut and dresses like a guy and she just happens to show up in like almost every scene and somehow the camera always seems to find and focus on her. Mm. And it, it almost seemed like a parody how, how frequently that happened. Cause they would like deviate from the main action of the scene and like, Oh look, there's that, <laughs> there's that girl that wants to join the jets. <laughs> and like, they don't explain it to like two thirds of the way into the movie or halfway through the movie actually. So like, it just seems kind of out of place. It was weird. And then I felt 
like the uh so it builds up to the rumble so there's going to be a big rumble between the two gangs mm-hmm. and it ha- it happens like halfway into the movie and then there's like an hour of like following action after it and i it felt like it it peaked really early to me and then like all the stuff after it seemed to kind of drag on so I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of musicals like this. I, I think I do like it better than the original, just a little bit. Um, and it was better than I... I liked it better than I expected to, to like it. Although I'll still give it a WTM last resort. It's a last resort. All right. I finally saw a film from 2003. Freddy versus Jason. I've yet to see that, so no spoilers. <laughs> Directed by Ronnie Yu, starring Robert England, Ken Kersinger, who is Jason in this film, Kelly Rowland, the singer Kelly Rowland. Say her name. <laughs> Get it? Because that's her song, Destiny's Child. <laughs> <laughs> It was funny because uh, earlier in the episode, you talked about possible <laughs> F slur being spoken in Jingle All the Way. She calls Freddie like a hard, the hard F, like yeah. the ends in the OT. Yeah. That one. Hilarious. I hadn't heard that word in a long time. <laughs> and to hear someone call uh, Freddie that was the biggest laugh of the movie for me, I think. <laughs> You could do that when Bush was in the White House. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Monica Kina, uh, Jason Ritter, who is John Ritter's son, Chris Marquette, Brendan Fletcher, Catherine Isabel. I think that'll do it for cast. Synopsis. Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees return to terrorize the teenagers of Elm Street, only this time they're out to get each other too. So well, I guess I, sh- I should preface this by saying this is kind of a direct sequel to Jason goes to hell because at the end of that terrible train wreck of a movie, Jason is kind of lean on the ground and Freddie's hand comes up from the ground and kind of pulls him down into hell. Yeah. And uh, they were going to originally do this as a follow-up to that, but uh uh, there was that big rights issue. Well, there's still a big rights issue with Friday the 13th, although I think it's being worked out because uh, I think they're remaking it or rebooting it again sometime soon. But anyways, so this comes out and I guess in the, in the story, I guess in the Nightmare on Elm Street universe, the parents have successfully defeated Freddy by making all the children forget about him, taking all this power away Mm -hmm. because they kind of quarantined all the kids that were affected by him yeah so yeah he's powerless and so freddy unleashes jason into the world because jason's in hell and he tricks him by betraying his mother asking him to go kill again so he knows if jason's putting the fear back into people maybe he can get his power back become 100% 100% Freddy again, I guess. That sounds so convoluted. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I 
I'm just probably explaining it really shittily. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's better to uh, show and not tell. Maybe <laughs> yeah. it makes more sense. <laughs> they needed some kind of flimsy plot to get the two to fight each other, right? Right. Yeah. Obviously, uh, the bodies start to pile up, and you know, once Freddy, I guess, um, let the proverbial dog off the chain. Uh, it's kind of hard to get that dog back on the chain. It's like that Jet Li movie. Which one is that? Unleashed. Unleashed. Uh, I never saw that one. I don't either, but I, they used to run that trailer a lot. Uh, <laughs> I, saw, I saw a bunch of movies that year, and they ran the trailer before every single one, I think. And uh, yeah, there's you know quite there's a showdown for the ages. Uh, I guess I was a little disappointed uh, in this film, but there was plenty of fun to be had. Um, especially with the third act. I thought the third act was great. You know, it kind of saved it because it was a lot of just kind of like, I, I know there could be some campy shittiness that is endearing, especially mm-hmm. with like 80s slashers. But this is just like the first act and like the, the dialogue, the acting, it was just bad. I was just like, oh, like it wasn't even bad enough to enjoy. But it started to pick up a little in the second act. And then the third act, I thought was just a lot of fun which contains the big showdown, of course. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of in between on this, but I'll just say uh, last resort. That's a last resort. You can do a lot worse. (laughs) And like I said, there is plenty of fun to be had. You know, people that are really into these, uh, you know, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street films, I think they'll have a a good time watching this. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I recently bought both Friday the 13th, the, the entire box set from Shot Factory and the uh, mm. the entire set of it was on sale. It was like uh, it was like 80 or 90 bucks for that's not bad, like 10 movies because I think the regular was like 160, 200, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like well, it was like 150 maybe. So, I mean, it was a really good deal. Um, and then I got the uh, the nightmare on Elm Street uh complete set so mm-hmm. i started watching all of them i've been watching them uh, in chronological order of their release mm-hmm. and I, i've kind of taken a break a true um, completist yeah because i haven't seen i've seen like all the friday movies but i haven't seen all the nightmare movies so i wanted to get those all in before i watched the big showdown and uh i've kind of taken a break but i've got uh about halfway through so i think i've watched first seven uh or the first six friday movies and the first three freddy movies so i got like four each to go i believe yes four there's more jason films than nightmare films yeah so there's there's friday one through eight and then jason goes to hell jason x and then uh freddy has seven movies Mm mm-hmm so um, there were four Friday the 13th movies before the first Nightmare on Elm Street. So mm, yeah. he had a bit of a head start. Both have remakes. See, I got Freddy vs. Jason in a three-pack with the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot and the Friday the 13th reboot, which I'm not really a huge fan of either, although I don't mind having the Friday the 13th one because the opening of that is pretty cool. 
Yeah, that one was included in the uh, box set. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot was not. Yeah. So <laughs> no. from both franchises, the only things I'm missing now is that uh, Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X. Yeah, you're okay. I did enjoy Jason X. It's a last yeah. resort too, but there's yeah, some was really okay. funny stuff in there. It was okay. I feel like it got built up too much. By yeah. the time I watched it, I'm like... This is uh, maybe you guys haven't seen a, a Friday the Thirteenth in a long time, but when you watch them all, all right back to back to back, that one's that one's still pretty weak. Mm-hmm. He looks weird once he gets onto the new line stuff too. Once they once they can't call it Friday the Thirteenth anymore, yeah, like the design on Jason just looks weird to me. Although he gets progressively. Uh, uh, more grotesque as the series goes along mm-hmm. anyways let's back right. to recently seen yeah talk about your uh third and final film of the episode right here's uh sure from 2021 home sweet home alone i used my last month on disney plus before i cancel it to watch this turd <laughs> <laughs> Uh, directed by Dan Mazur, starring Ellie Kemper, Rob Delaney, Archie Yates, um, Eiling B, Keenan Thompson, Timothy Simons, Allie Mackey, Pete Holmes, Chris Parnell, Devin Rattray, who plays Buzz McAllister, uh, Katie Beth Hall, Max Ivutin. Andy Daly's in there. I mean, they got they got a hell of a cast for this movie. The synopsis is: a married couple tries to steal back a valuable heirloom. A married couple tries to steal back a valuable heirloom from a troublesome kid. That's right. The kid is the bad guy, kind of. They're all, they all kind of suck. Yeah, this is not very good. <laughs> I mean. I, I don't know. I don't even want to go that in depth with it, but uh, the kid is not likable. It's the uh, the kid with glasses from Jojo Rabbit, uh, the little chubby kid, and uh, he's just kind of annoying. Yeah. And then uh, like he gets left behind on a family vacation to Tokyo. What? Yeah. Can you, believe, can you believe it? He spent the night in his family's BMW watching Looney Tunes mm. and they left him behind. Unbelievable. And then, uh, so anyways, so a little backstory to kind of figure out the plot. So the uh, Ellie Kemper and Rob Delaney are a couple who are hard up for money because he can't get work because he works in an obsolete field and it's a it's a joke he works in data migration and he can't get work because of the cloud and that's a running joke because that's funny Mm -hmm. and uh so they're selling their house uh this uh this kid and his mom stopping so that the kids can use the bathroom and while they're there the dad is pulling a box out of the hallway closet they see a doll with an upside down head 
And the mom says, oh, I've seen things like that go for thousands of dollars on antiques, you know, uh, TV shows. And uh, the dad later is looking on eBay, finds it's one of 10 with a factory defect, and it's worth $200,000, and it's missing, and he thinks the kid stole it. So they have to go and break into the house to steal the doll back. And the kid doesn't know they're there to steal the doll. He thinks they're coming to kidnap him and sell him to grandma's. Mm. And it's a big misunderstanding and it's not very funny. And hilarity ensues. (laughs) He sets up traps to injure these poor people and they can't tell anybody about it. They won't talk to the kid about it. And it's, I don't know. Like it doesn't make it. It's not good. Last resort. That's a last resort. All right. Yeah, I'm glad I never subscribed to Disney Plus. It's not. Uh, there's there's some stuff I watched on there. Like, like I watched uh, Boy Meets World and Dinosaurs, but like <laughs> there's not a lot of movies on there that I I'm interested in watching at all. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Plus, they raise their prices. They used to be like pretty cheap. I think it was like fifty bucks a month, and then they jacked up the pro- or fifty bucks for a year. <laughs> I was like fifty bucks uh, a month. Not 50, it was like fifty bucks for a year, or five dollars a month, and then they jacked the prices up. Uh, it wasn't worth it to keep it. All right. Well, I completed the movie challenge for Punisher Warzone came out in 2008 directed by Alexi Alexander starring Ray Stevenson, Dominic West, Julie Benz, Doug Hutchinson, Colin Salmon, Salmon, Wayne Knight, Dash Miak or Mayak. I think that'll do it for cast synopsis. Frank Castle known as the Punisher ruthlessly demolishes organized crime but it starts an even bigger war you know i didn't feel that there was much of a war zone in punisher war zone uh big disappointment what about the the whole last scene (laughs) not really it was the whole hotel was a war zone (laughs) it was like game of death it was like the game of death (laughs) So, yes, this is kind of like a a quasi-sequel reboot to The Punisher from, is that 04 with Thomas Jane, 05? Let's see here. Yeah, I think it was uh, 04. It's more of a reboot because they kind of redo the uh, backstory in it. Yeah. And The Punisher in this one, Ray Stevenson, I only really know him from The Other Guys. You know who he is and the other guys? I, I forget. I feel like you ask me about the other guys all the time. And I've yeah. only seen it once and I don't have, okay. I don't have the best recall. Well, you should watch it more because it's hilarious. <laughs> Marky Mark and Will Ferrell. It was very good. Yes. He's one of the, I guess it's hard to describe him. He's like, a, he's like the muscle for the bad guys. And he keeps on <laughs> catching Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell and disarming them. And taking their guns and you know uh will ferrell's gun is replaced with a wooden gun because he fired it in the office 
so like he even steals his one gun and it's returned but it's has like a nice lacquer on it <laughs> like he improved it <laughs> right and he keeps he always takes their shoes as well when he catches them <laughs> but uh yeah he's in that uh he's in all the four movies basically which i guess i never really noticed him in there i've only seen two of them yeah i haven't seen any of the thor movies and he's in that kill the irishman movie he's like the main character yeah i didn't see that one either so i've never seen but i've heard middling things about he was on the tv show rome Mm -hmm. and vikings he's a real swords and sandals guy he's in dexter looks like he was in one season of dexter he was in divergent Sure, everybody's seen that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of the things he's done. Black Sails, the TV show. But uh, yeah, back to Warzone. Uh, this movie is pretty bonkers. I think you had told me as much when you assigned pretty, it to me. Pretty zany. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Dominic West and Doug Hutchinson, uh, the pedophile himself, just chewing up the scenery in every scene that they're in. Oh my god! I couldn't. I watched it the other night for the first time in years, and like I was just laughing every time they were on screen. It was hilarious. <laughs> They're so over the top. Yeah, because you know I've seen The Wire semi recently, and other other than that, I didn't really know Dominic West from much. So seeing him pop up in here was kind of fun. And then you know I never really read the Punisher comics. I had the video game, uh, Nintendo game growing up i used to play all the time and i can't remember if i've even seen the dolph lundgren one i might have but it was when i was little but so i don't really remember it yeah i've never seen that one they had a they had a playstation punisher game that came out around the time this movie did yeah and uh yeah with the uh hamminess of west and hutchinson i like dominic west in here he was a lot of fun, but I don't, Doug Hutchinson just rubbed me the wrong way. Maybe that's just because it was Doug Hutchinson. Yeah, I don't know. He's like my favorite character in it. Looney, <laughs> Looney Ben Jim. All his fucking factoids. His name is James. <laughs> Got all his factoids about the human body. Because <laughs> he's such a creep in real life. The reason I said the pedophile. I don't know if you can say allegedly or just, it's just my opinion of him, but he's the one that married Courtney Stodden and yeah, she was 16, but her parents signed off on it. Yeah, he was 51. And then everybody got mad at her until like <laughs> last year. And then they're like, wait a minute. That 51-year-old might have <laughs> taken advantage of that 16-year-old girl. Because <laughs> <laughs> they had met at a an acting class, like online. And then like, he because he didn't know she was that young uh, right, right away. But once he did... He told her parents about it and said, Hey, you know, if you want, you know, I'll, I'll stop this. You know, what a nice guy he is. <laughs> a beacon of uh, integrity. And parents are like, No, it'll be her decision. Oh, my goodness. And I, what do you suppose the 16 year old Courtney Sodden said? So, yeah, uh, before you know it, they're hitched while she's 16. Yeah, wouldn't you know it? It didn't, uh, it didn't last. That happened years, like three years after this movie came out. Um, then again i don't know you know who knows what he was doing before that (laughs) anyways i almost have to refer to him as one of our own 
luckily he was born in Delaware, but he did, was raised in the Twin Cities. He graduated from Apple Valley High School. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. And he went to the University of Minnesota before attending Juilliard. <laughs> so, yeah, he's just, I mean, he's always been, a, you know, a scumbag in, in the movies. He's always a antagonist or a real sleazeball. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, yeah, he's just kind of like that in real life. But um, yeah, uh, there's plenty of fun to be had in this movie. I think the opening action set piece was my favorite. I think there was a lot of cool action in there. Um, yeah, I was over thinking, the- I'm sorry. I was, I was thinking seeing that like, man, that might be a top five dinner scene. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Might have to redo the list from our, our episode when we did top five dinner scenes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there was a lot of, you know, over the top gore, which can be kind of fun. It's kind of in between on this, but I'll probably give it a, uh, I guess I'll give it a last resort. That's a last resort. Oh boy. Last mm-hmm. resort. Mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy it, but I was just kind of like, well, you know, it seems like I, 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 th- I feel like I judge certain movies more harshly than others. Yeah. Maybe this is just uh, an occasion where I'm doing that. I think this one's a borderline soonish, to be honest. <laughs> borderline soonish. There you go. So fun. if I if I ever update the website again, it's, I've been slacking in the you know adding our reviews to the review pages. Right. So I'll put it on uh, eventually on the website. But um, oh, I was going to bring up that that uh, the daughter of the agent that he kills because mm-hmm. he kills an FBI agent and he's pretty bummed about it for a while. <laughs> Uh, so he kind of just inserts himself in their life. And uh, <laughs> the little girl, I thought was kind of a shitty actress. I mean, she's, she's a kid and it's in Punisher war zone. So it's not like it's, uh, you know, it's not like it's Broadway. I think part of it's the writing, you know, when her mom's yeah. got him at gunpoint and she's like, mom, I need my red crayon. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> one of the scenes I'm thinking of. And it just kind of reminded me of, it was like, uh is this girl that have like autism or something <laughs> so you're talking about jamie from uh turbo man or from uh jingle all the way right I'm like oh like just <laughs> like when i'm watching punch of wars on it reminded me of uh, that character caleb on big mouth <laughs> you watch big mouth i watched the first season and part of the second and then i kind of fell off Cause he's the kid with Asperger's or, uh, it was, is autistic and he has the same monotone voice that's slightly raised and he's has no filter and he just kind of <laughs> says everything out loud. And, but yeah, that's kind of what she came off as, <laughs> as you said, it was probably a, a matter of the writing that was the culprit in this case, but yeah, it's, it seemed, uh, that scene part in particular seemed a little off um there's especially that part where where she just interrupts her mom just about to blow this guy away mm-hmm. <laughs> mom i need a crayon <laughs> so you know your mom's about to murder this guy right <laughs> yeah you probably should just go to your room yeah that's why i, I figure she's got to be autistic because she has no ability whatsoever to read the room <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to challenge you to watch something now. That's, that's how this works. 
It's my turn to challenge you. Right. This is a challenge. So I'm going to challenge you to watch a Ken Russell film from 1984 called Crimes of Passion. You signed me Tommy a couple of years ago. And so another film from Ken Russell, I figure might be up your alley. It stars Anthony Perkins as a, a priest slash psycho. <laughs> and uh, Melanie Griffith. Sorry, not Melanie Griffith, but Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner. She's a working woman by day and a working woman by night. Oof. She's some sort of a, she's like a fashion designer, I believe, by day. And then a prostitute by night. So, and there's some, uh, some pretty out there scenes in here. So figured you'd be up for that before I, I'm getting close to starting the bond cycle again. So yeah, froze. Oh, there you go. Oh, really? Okay. All right. So we are going to kind of wrap up the show here and then talk a little more about Punisher Warzone with spoilers. So Brett, why don't you tell people where they can help out the show and get some lovely merchandise. You can head on over to wtmwatchthismovie.creator-spring.com. Check out our sweet, sweet merchandise. There you go. You can follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or Brett at positivelywolf1. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com and please rate and review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. So as I said, I, I like Dominic Weston here, but like the whole like first 20 minutes of the movie, I'm like, what fucking accent is he doing? <laughs> it's just horrible. Right. Like I think watching it again, I would have more fun with it and I'd, I'd be down for watching it again. It was you know, pretty enter- I mean, entertaining enough, definitely more entertaining than a, another last resort that I watched called weekend at Bernie's, but, <laughs> but it was just like, so jarring at first. I was like, Oh God. Cause I know he, he's British, right? Dominic West. I think he's Irish. Irish. Okay. I think so. Close enough. <laughs> Cause I knew he was some sort of a foreign actor. Oh, he is British. He's from uh, Yorkshire, England. Okay. So he's like, I guess I didn't mind like his accent in uh, The Wire. And I think from what I've heard from some people from that area, they think the uh, the accents are pretty good on that show across the board. Yeah, in I Maryland. So. But um, he's doing like this, I guess, Italian accent, at least it's supposed to be. And there's New York, the, very New York Italian. Yeah. Right. Like there's flashes of it, especially later in the film. I feel like his accent gets better if, as it goes yeah, on. Yeah. Once he becomes Jigsaw, he really settles into it. Cause then, cause it seems really over the top when he's Billy, uh, Billy the Butte. Yeah. It doesn't fit because he just looks like a normal dude who like looks at the mirror a lot. But once he gets the, you know, gets scarred up in the recycling accident uh, and becomes Jigsaw. Then he's a cartoon character and he can go as over the top as he wants and it doesn't feel out of place. Yeah, because watching it, I'm thinking okay, he drops him in that uh, I guess almost like a vat of bottles. It's like a glass grinder. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I'm like, okay, I haven't read the comics, but I'm pretty sure this is going to lead to create the creation of a supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> like, I bet he's just going to somehow live through this. And then finally the cops are like, we got a, we got a live one, you know, <laughs> and they pull him out and he's somehow they didn't show how alive. he got away. Did they? It was, uh, cause he just shows up with his, uh, like at his safe house or whatever. And, uh, yeah, that was kind of confusing. Like, Wait, what, how did he get away from the cops? <laughs> cause then like right after that, you know, he has the meeting with the cops to get immunity for his brother to turn states basically because <laughs> there's that uh that deal that they interrupt with the chemical weapons mm-hmm. yeah to get his brother immunity but yeah um i couldn't tell you how he gets away from the <laughs> cops initially after being found by said cops and being like near death mm-hmm. that he shows up post-surgery with his uh fucking bootleg plastic surgeon he used fucking horse height on his face. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be the best one in uh, New York. Well, for free, I guess. Because <laughs> he didn't have any money. The feds had taken all his money. They said he missed a payment on his uh, health insurance. So he's at a free hospital. Canceled but then yesterday. The, yeah. So that surgeon he kills with the scissors, that was supposed to be like the finest one in, in the city. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. He didn't have a lot to work with. I mean, the dude had a full body glass uh attack. There was there was no skin left on the face. I mean the rest Basically. of his body had to be fucked up too. But I liked how uh once they got Jan- uh James out of the <laughs> out of the loony bin, that he would just like throw himself in all the mirrors. Cause you mm-hmm. know uh his Not brother like will was. never have to look into a mirror ever again. Except for he like just like shatters it. So now there's just like millions of his reflections <laughs> instead of one. Yeah. I did like too when they they had him in the interrogation room at the police uh, the police station. And like they're looking through the one-way mirror and uh it's broken on the inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like they're looking through the, the window side. Uh because Looney Ben Jim jumped into it. I was wondering why uh, you liked it uh, so much with uh, the the parkour scenes. Thought you weren't a fan of the parkour. <laughs> oh my god! Did you see that guy get hit with the fucking rocket? Yeah, that was pretty fun. <laughs> that's, that's that's why I like that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck those. And the other one uh, falling uh, to his death on those the spikes down below. Oh my god! The fence. There's this movie is so much more violent than the John Travolta one. Or the mm-hmm. Thomas Jane Punisher. Yeah. Um, I like to uh I used the, the clip on Twitter to promote our Santa Claus episode. You know, they're at the uh the widow's house and uh they're sitting at the table. He's got the widow and then uh the FBI agent at the table, and the two uh cronies are there's like the crony and his son, who's the crony in training, hears something out the back door. And he says, uh, go check it out. What the fuck you waiting for? Christmas? And then the Punisher busts in and he punches his fist through the kid's face. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, then they get the other guy sitting down at the table. And the Punisher just blows the top of his head off with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. 
that was pretty funny oh man so good yeah i guess the thing that really just kind of disappointed me was the such a promising start with that action and yeah. i thought the action just kind of waned after that there wasn't a lot of cool action scenes after that i thought like there was a couple of glimmers here and there like i like that little bit with the grenade when he put the grenade in the uh like that like pale and then he kicked it yeah the other room, like yeah. that was pretty cool but well I, th- I think the the big scene at the end at the hotel is great but yeah there's between the the first action scene and that one at the end there's only a couple different times where you get a little bit of action there's mm-hmm. a lot of more expositional uh scenes in there yeah well, there isn't really any stunts in there I did like a guy jumping from building to building, being blown up by an RPG, a stunt, (laughs) but I did like the, uh, the recruitment scene where, uh, Jigsaw and Looney Ben Jim are just walking around town, recruiting the, the baddest of the bad Mm -hmm. doing their, uh, whatever, uh, who's that general with the flag behind him, Patton and doing their general Patton speech. Yeah. He has the flag behind him. Oh, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. I don't know. Just uh, a lot of good stuff in there. A lot of fun. Yeah. Like I said, it does have a lot of, there's a lot of fun to be had here. It's it's nice to go back and watch a movie like that, where it's just like, we're going to blow up some heads and kill some people. And then we're going to have some goofy ass cartoon characters. Like it's not like a Marvel. It's a it's a Marvel character, but it's not like a Marvel like a MCU movie. Yeah, where it's like, oh, we got to have a message and we got to follow the formula. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of nice. It was one of the last movies like that before they started going into that direction. Yeah, I think Iron Man came out the same year. Same year or the year after, I think. Well, let's say two thousand nine. Iron Man is 08 same year so yeah this was kind of the end of an era so there was a seismic shift once iron man (laughs) came out plus this was you know one of the this is an r-rated comic book movie Mm -hmm. the the thomas jane one from all four was also r-rated but uh you know it wasn't like like, i don't feel like people were going nuts over it because oh my god an r-rated comic book movie this is ridiculous it was just like it's an action movie. It's going to be fun. I can't wait to see people get, you know, fucked up. Yeah, I would definitely um, watch it again. Uh, this is the type of film that would be more fun in a crowd. Be a good midnight movie. Yeah, I think so. Heck of a soundtrack on there, too. Got that heavy metal mid Yeah, that soundtrack. was kind of annoying me. I was like, Ugh, <laughs> this is like. Like this uh, Looney Bin Jim, and like he just loves raging out to like this wannabe Lincoln Park type dudes. Well, Rob Zombie did the uh, the end credits theme. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. They do have uh, Slipknots on there, uh, Slayer. Um, let's see who else? Seether, Rise Against. Yeah. So I mean, I you know kind of the big bands of the era mm-hmm. uh, you don't get a lot of music like that anymore <laughs> but, <laughs> but but it fit i mean that's that's just a, of the time yeah i mean some of it's better than others i mean obviously there's some that's 
not great, but uh, I think it works. Anything else you want to talk about? Oh, one thing I was going to bring up was the axe scene. Mm-hmm. That was always one of my favorites. I asked you a question. You did not answer. So I'm going to ask you again. And then he's hitting the guy with an axe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I always love that line. Oh, that's probably it. I mean, it's just a, it's a great fun action movie um, with goofy characters. All right. Well, that'll do it. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right. Check you later. Bye. Later. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking Check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you off my case.